Hello and welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris. Lots to talk about. I've got my wingmen next to me. I've got Joe Rimmer. Hello, Joe. Hello, Neil. And also Christian Walsh as well. Hello, Christian. How Hello, are you, Neil? Sir? Not too bad. Coming in for Neil Jones, who's benched. We benched him. He'll, yeah. he'll probably yeah. say that he was it was his day off or whatever. Well, let's not let's not talk about that nonsense. He's benched. Rotation. I was listening back to a few of his. Yeah, he's got to rotate. He's got to keep it fresh. I've listened back to a few of his comments. Thought they were dialed in some of them. <laughs> Bit of dialage. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes. Sending out a message, aren't you, basically? Yeah. yeah. I think it, well, his hamstring tightened on the way out after the. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what we're here for. Um, uh, it is first uh, of Feb, so January well and truly gone. As is the transfer window. Last time we were on. Oh, it's Neil. Neil Fitz, by the way. Uh, last time we were on. <laughs> Uh, Liverpool, we were just on the on the verge of the uh, the Man City game, I think, weren't we? Or were we just after the Man City game? When we, we were, were just all, after the Man City game. We were reveling yeah. in the in the splendour of Liverpool Football Club and onwards and upwards, and yeah. and then came Swansea, um, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I mean, talk about dialing in. Uh, it was just a shambles, wasn't it, John? Yeah, it was. Um, I can't put my finger on really why why they were that bad. I think it was a combination of. Perhaps they were on such a high after City that um, you know they, they sort of just fell flat, and then and then the way Swansea played, they just frustrated them, and um, and they got. I think Swansea did get a bit of a lucky break, you know, that the sort of header from Van Dijk could have gone anywhere. It falls right to their man, and they saw score a sort of scruffy goal, but yeah, it just culminated in a, a really poor performance from Liverpool, and and unfortunately, it came at a time when they were on a real high. You thought, yeah, they're going to kick on now, and. You know, I, I have to say, and to be honest, part of me still does, but I fancied them after the Man City game to go on and push for second. Um, I still think they can get there. And, you know, they're only three points behind Man United as we speak. But, yeah, it, it was just, it, it felt like a real blow. And, and afterwards, the reaction from fans on social media, which I know isn't always the best place to gauge uh, reaction, but, yeah, it was just like people doom and all doom and gloom so yeah it was, it was a blow it is a blow I mean I think if anything and then of course came the, the FA Cup I mean just to touch briefly on the Swansea it was, it was, it was hard to pull any performance out of anyone wasn't it we had that you know it was Mane continues to just not fire properly and even mm. though he's popped a few in and got, scored a great goal against City he scored a couple of goals but he's just his first touch seems to have deserted him so the Swansea game is bad enough, then we get into the FA Cup, and then if any month has summed up Liverpool Football Club over the last 29, 30 years, it's been, <laughs> it's been January, and it? the highs, the incredible game at City, and then following it with two absolute stinkers, I mean, it's just Liverpool all over, it's the inconsistency. It is, and I think that's where a lot of the discontent and a lot of the, the, the overreaction from supporters stems, because they have read the script over and over again, and, and they don't like what they're watching. Yeah. After an 18-game unbeaten run, it was said, wasn't it, just before the Swansea game, oh, it would be peak Liverpool if they beat Manchester City 4-3. It's almost a joke, and isn't it? it yeah. Is, but, yeah. but, and and, and I, was, I was rallying against that. I, I was saying, well, they're 18 unbeaten here, so, and, they, and they've beaten good teams before, and, and, and there's obviously been a shift in mentality, and, and they're a much stronger side now, and then they completely go against that and throw in those type of performances. And just like how it was peak Liverpool to, you know, lose against Swansea, it felt like it would have been peak Liverpool to then bounce back yeah. with an FA Cup win. Yeah. So to then follow up the Swansea defeat with the FA Cup exit is was was a bitter blow for Liverpool to be honest. And and you can understand where the frustration. I think that was probably worse than the Swansea game because a league game. I mean, obviously the title's gone. It went in October. Um, the, but the cup was a genuine opportunity there for Liverpool to 
to pick up a few Everyone's been big enough to FA Cup again, haven't yeah. they, really? Every club. It starts off well yeah. with, for Liverpool. You know, Van Dijk scores um, against Everton. Yeah. You know, third round into the hats, yeah. knockouts Everton. Everyone's up. And, and I always remember the, uh, the 2006 um, Cup run. That started, they were 3-1 down to Luton. And then they went 5-3. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible game at yeah. Callaway for yeah. It was a halfway goal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or every, like, yeah. Every, everything yeah. that you would have wanted from that game. And that was the catalyst for that Cup run. Yeah. And it felt like the Everton game could have been like that, but it, alas, it wasn't. Um, and now they're, they're basically fighting on one front, two in a way, if you, if you include the top four as a, as a trophy, which yeah. I suppose you have to mm. nowadays. It's something that Liverpool do have to get. Uh, but, you know, I think there was an overreaction to the two. I think Team Liverpool went, you know, 18 games unbeaten. I think they were good value for pretty much every one of those 18 games. Yeah. I can't think of one where you look at and you go, they didn't deserve well, to, 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 to lose. And also as well, if you're going to be ifs and ands and buts and all that, I mean, you're talking about a shank from William preventing yeah, a, yeah, exactly. a win and, 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 and well I still think it wasn't a pen yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, definitely a dodgy penalty which can go either way yeah. on, on a different day so but at the same time you can understand because just when you think Liverpool have, have cleared this this uh, you know this monkey on the back they, they drag you back in I think it's possibly <laughs> the, I think it's possibly the manner of the defeats isn't it that the, yeah. the, the incites the, 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 you know the overreactions if you like because Swansea was a terrible, lacklustre performance by everyone, and then yeah. and then and then when you go to the to the West Brom, like you say, Christian, it's a, it's a chance to bounce back, and yet again, a team of underachievers. The midfield was non-existent. I mean, it was just, you know, the goals that they gave away. Rodriguez's strike was fantastic, but how he got to that position, Moreno out of position again. The weirdness of Moreno. I mean, m- most managers don't bring a player back in after after injury straight away. They yeah. might bring him on a sub. You know, Robertson's flying, and he brings him in. How much, how much of those two defeats can you put down to? All right, you can probably say it's all down to Klopp. But is there an argument to say that Klopp's fielding the same, virtually the same team, albeit Van Dijk that beat City? So is he entitled to say what are these, what are these clowns doing? Well, I think he's just got, he's got players, he's got a collection of players. Some of them are at the highest level, top top players like Firmino and Salah. But others, the midfield, I think, is the one area that I'd point to and say they're not top top players. No. And if if they were if they were the the top class players, they wouldn't be so inconsistent. I mean, you look at someone like Emery Chan; he's case in point for me because you, people say, oh, you know, they, they've got to get him signed up. I'm not too worried that he's going to leave Liverpool because the the Huddersfield performance from him is like a, he does that one in five games. Yeah, absolutely, he's right. got to do it. He's got to do it three or four out of five to really be considered top class. Unfortunately, it's just not not often enough, and the same goes for the full midfield. The same goes for most of the defence. Although you're hoping Van Dijk is the one that the books that trend, but yeah, I, I think Liverpool just haven't got an, a spine of top top class players at the moment. I think when they're good, they're good, and when they're yeah. bad, they're abject. Yeah. And, and and the problem is that Liverpool's you know best players are the front front line, and we hope Van Dijk in the future. You know, the day being. Pretty much consistent this season. Yeah. Certainly, yes. Sally. Look at the goals he scored. The problem is, is, is if 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 they aren't performing, can you necessarily rely on somebody else to, to emerge from the background and, and pick it up? In fairness to Chana Huddersfield, he did that. You know, people were. You know, that's the frustrating thing. Yeah, about you it, see isn't it? that. You know, and he, he was really good, albeit in a different position. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of he's been that number six now for what two months. Yeah. I, think, I don't think yeah. he really got a rest. He's been sort of freed there a little bit now. Henderson was back, and he seems to enjoy that a little bit. Um, but is there enough there when the, f- the, the 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 major players aren't firing? And that's that's the big worry: is that the consistency for a 
for a wine album, for example. Last season I would have yeah. said yes, this season maybe not. In terms of last season, I think he could have gone six or seven out of ten every game. Yeah. He'd throw in an eight or a nine now and then, but very rarely did he throw in a, f- a five. Yeah. I think this season he's ranged from an eight yeah. to a four. To yeah. be honest, yeah. he's been he's been sublime one week, ridiculous the next. So I think that's a big issue. Looking at the West Brom game, I think in terms of Klopp, I it's all hindsight, of course, but I think. Throwing him to full-backs who yeah. hadn't played any sort of football for the past month was a, was a mistake. Moreno missed it through injury, of course. Trent just hadn't been getting this game because Joe yeah. Gomez being in such good form. On paper, you go, well, this is a perfect chance for Moreno to come back and, and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold to, to get a bit more game time. You know, give Joe Gomez a rest as well. But then when both of them sort of come back cold, they were obviously caught cold. And I think a lot of what what happened there was because of uh, the, 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 the fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. Klopp actually dug out afterwards the fact that they were getting protection from Salah, Mane. So he's obviously interesting that he interesting that he bypassed the midfield and blamed the strikers. Mm-hmm. Though when he blamed the front mm-hmm. line for not getting back and defending, uh, which I noticed against Huddersfield, Firmino was doing a lot of. He was getting a lot of cover. He was coming back and working as he always yeah. does. He's dogged. But interestingly, he didn't really point any of the accusations at the midfield, and the midfield was shambolic against against West Brom. But then he changed two out of the three against yeah. against Huddersfield, and, and after the game, yeah. he said about yeah. the chance. Yeah, he said, yeah. "I was making a decision about whether he, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, whether he deserved the start because yeah. he wasn't. He didn't have his best game against West Brom. So, I think he's one of those managers, Klopp, and and I've certainly seen this for myself where." You know, publicly he very rarely digs out players. If you know, he doesn't. I was surprised that he said that about the the the, um, the attacks. To be honest, because mm. that was mm. verging on public criticism. I was at Wembley when uh, Dejan Lovren, you know, had the, the the worst half hour I've seen personally from a from a Liverpool player, um, and he still refused to criticise yeah, him. Yeah. You know, and even though everyone was calling for his head on a spike, I think he didn't choose to dig out the the midfield after the uh, West Brom game because he knew in the back of his head. Well, you know, you're not getting a game. And yeah, I think if yeah. Lalana had been fit, I think you probably would have seen yeah. an entirely new field. Mm. It's interesting that um, I mean a lot of people gave Klopp stick for giving Emirates Sean the captaincy against Swansea. Was that? Do you think was that an attempt for Klopp to see what can is about for like the, one of the final times? You know, is it unsettling for midfielders to know that Naby Case is coming? Is it unsettling to know when when you now do this thing of like, well, we'll get him now, but he comes in six months? Does that unsettle a midfield? Does that make a midfield think, well, I don't know where I'm working here. Does he like me? Does he not like me? Does that get into the red? Do you think there's a possibility that that affects performance? Affects definitely. You know, I think that could be a, a real possibility as to why Chan doesn't see his long-term future at Liverpool. Because if, if you look at it, if if Henderson, if he sees Henderson as, as his deeper line midfielder. Then Chan's one of the two alongside him, isn't he? And and if if he plays in the same position he played at Huddersfield, then that's where Cater will play. Mm-hmm. So Chan might have that in the back of his mind and think, well, what's the point in me committing long term here when you're spending fifty odd million pound on a, on a fellow who's going to come in and and be an automatic pick ahead of me? So yeah, I think I think that could have could have a um, an, an impact on performances. I think with the captaincy thing, I think Klopp explained it himself the, the other week. I think we place too much emphasis on it in terms of the way Klopp thinks about it. I, I genuinely think he just thinks Henderson's your club captain. Milner's also a, a captain in the dressing room. Other than that, he just gives the armband to whoever's a long, long-serving player and, and sends them out on the pitch. Um, which you could argue is right or wrong. Personally, I, I, you know, I think a leader's worth their weight in gold. You know, I, I'd, I'd give it to someone like Van Dijk. But does that yeah. say? Does that say now more about? 
how how the team football game is now. Does that say more about they come off the coach with their headphones on I and they don't I, really communicate that much? I, I, I wouldn't because I think Liverpool still have like a Van Dyke there. I, I think Chan, if he wasn't leaving, would be someone you maybe turn to in terms of saying, yeah. well, he he backs himself vocal. on the pitch, yeah. you know. You know what is a captain? What what is you know what what's what's a leader nowadays? I think what it does show is that it's a squad game now, especially with all the money floating around and 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 obviously with the top six, they've all got these these big squads. Jordan Henderson isn't isn't guaranteed to start for Liverpool anymore. Mm. James Milner isn't guaranteed mm. to start anymore. You look at you look at um, you know gone are the days of Gerrard, <coughs> John Terry. Um, it was, it was Roy Keane, Roy Keane, of course. Who would always the first name on the team sheet? Absolutely, would never, would never be dropped or, or rested or rotated. Nowadays, you look at Arsenal. I don't even know who their captain is at the moment. Manchester United's Antonio Valencia, but you know it, it, it's been passed around a little bit. You have got Chelsea's uh, Cahill. He doesn't get in the team anymore. So it's one of those where everyone. I think that the idea of a captaincy is a, a strange one in, in 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 English football at the minute because. Nobody's guaranteed a place, so it's almost worth giving it to the person who's going to play play the most. So or me, use it as an inspirational or, tool to yeah, get. To get. I'd, I'd give it to Firmino. It's you know, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, if it was off the yeah. grabs, I'd say Firmino because he's the guy who's going to be playing most of your games. Yeah, yeah, and also as well, there's a lot to be said for the old days about making making your uh, your central defender the captain is the old mm. Hanson days. Now yeah, you can see yeah. the you can see the game developing a lot. It's funny you've picked three three names out there in, in John Terry. And Steven Gerrard and Roy Keane, and you look at that and you say, "Well, I was going to mention it before about midfield players. Whenever Steven Gerrard played for Liverpool, all through his career, really, if he had a seven out of ten, it was a poor performance, wasn't it? Yeah. You just think about the levels of high ability of those three players. I mean, you know, John Terry, love him or loathe him, what a player, what a consistently top-notch player, Gerrard and Roy Keane." Doesn't seem to be as many of them about now, mm. does that? That really are head and shoulders above the rest of the team and deserve to be first on the sheets. So maybe that's it's to do with that. Maybe it's to do with the fact that unless you've got a really outstanding player, why not pass it around and why not someone's heads down a bit? And why not come on, sign captain? I mean, certainly I think I think the thing in, in Cannes, well, not in his defence actually, as a, as a, a criticism of Cannes, you get the you get the captain's armband in a time when the fans. Aren't really behind you that much. You don't know where you're going. Isn't that a performance? Isn't that a time to give it? I'm not saying that you can affect what happens with 22 people on the pitch, but at the same time, it was a poor performance by everyone. No one seemed to get each other up at all for that game, did they? No, not, but that's always been my criticism of the channel. He just doesn't. He doesn't grab games by the scruff of the neck like we've seen other players. You know, and I just think, yeah, I just don't think he's quite there. I think he's a level below a world class player. And if he leaves in the summer, the only. The only regret that you know I, I will have, and I think a lot of fans will feel the same, is that they didn't get a fee for him. But if he was leaving for thirty million, would you be that worried? Would either would I'd, I'd, be that I'd, worried? I'd, I'd, take, <coughs> I'd take the thirty million. I'd, I'd, all, I'd do so with a heavy heart, though, just because I feel like Liverpool probably don't need the money. If that makes sense, mm, perhaps you know, so. it's, it's not that they need the money. But people talk about Chan being the finished article. No, there's no I, way I th- there. But I think, but I think he is the finished article. In his abilities. In his abilities. Yeah, I yeah. think that is what you're going to get from him. I don't think he's ever going to get any better than that. I can't. I might be wrong, but I can't see him going on to become a world-class I think, in this, I think, I mean, the Huddersfield game, we'll move on to the Huddersfield game now, because we're back to winning ways, 3-0 victory. Very, very one-sided affair. Um, David Wagner, I mean, there are, there are ways of, of, of playing games when you're at the bottom there, but, God, boy, he just sort of handed it. You might as well just put it on a little puff, like a little cushion, and just got me out three points. Um, the kind of game where Chan lifted his game again, did he? Or the fact of the matter is, I, this is why I think if he goes to Juve, or if he goes to a a slower league yeah, yeah. 
he's probably going to excel. He's going to look better than he is because I think he's a very slow player. He's a, he's a slow. He has little bursts, no doubt about it. But he's just generally a slow reactor, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. The turn circle of a, of, a, of an HGV, I mean, sometimes in yeah, the centre yeah. there, it takes about four touches to get him round. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Huddersfield game, back to winning ways again. But uh, it was a pretty easy fair, wasn't it? Yeah, but then I'd argue that. I'd argue that they implemented a very similar style to what Swansea did, mm. and it was interesting listening to Wagner talk after the game about luck, and um, you know the BT studio disagreed with him, but I would agree with him. I think that he, he was basically saying we needed that little bit of luck, that first effort they had that the carrier saved to, to have been hit better mm. and go in, and Liverpool had a deflected effort to that, that open the scoring, and that little bit of luck can make their game plan look better, can't it? Because they just sat in and tried to frustrate Liverpool. If they go one 0 up. Then Liverpool might get a little bit nervous, and suddenly the game changes. So, yeah, I think, I think it's one of them. I think those games, you know, those, the, the way those those teams set up can go against you sometimes. But nine times out of ten, if you're patient and if you you're solid at the back, you'll you'll get the win. And Liverpool just sort of made it a standard routine win in the end. It did seem like hard, they, they worked a bit harder for me. I mean, for me, always works harder. He's he's he's, he's just he's really ingratiating himself with everyone as needs. He's a, you can tell he's a grafter, you can tell he loves mm. playing for the club. He was really getting back and covering as well, wasn't he? I've noticed over the last few games, nobody agree with this, Christian. I've noticed over the last few games that we haven't really been utilising Salad as much as we normally do. The, play, the game's been getting forced onto the, onto the other side and he's almost sort of having to drift in to become part of it. And again, the first goal against West Brom was Salah picking up a ball that wasn't really supposed to come to him anyway. It was a bad, it was a misguided back pass, wasn't it? Do you feel like you see that yourself that we're not really going utilising Salah as much? I think what what's happening there is that I think he's got a target on his back now. I yeah. think he is undoubtedly, unquestionably, yeah. Liverpool's best player in the sense that if you're an opposing manager and you're doing your team talk beforehand, you go, you stick tight to yeah. him, you put two men on him, you do whatever that you, it takes to stop. That was a lot harder to do when Liverpool had you know, beaten the other drum, when Liverpool had Coutinho there. Um, and it was a lot harder to do when Mane was in form because there were more threats over the pitch. Firmino was this weird sort of vacuum where I don't think you can mark him because yeah. he, he wouldn't. He's everywhere. He yeah. clicks yeah. his fingers and he's, he's, he's yeah. left back. So, in terms of in terms of the players that Liverpool have got that you can sort of try to keep quiet, Salah is the most obvious one, and that's because and that therefore means that Liverpool will naturally sort of go over to Mane, yeah. who's been who's been left out wide on the left. Might be also a you know a sort of don't give the ball to him because we back him as much off the ball mm. as we do on. So instead of I mean for me that wouldn't be the wisest move because he's incredible on the ball and, and he carries it so well. But at the same time, if you can get Mane and, and Firmino playing in those little pockets on the left hand side, and then we've seen Salah make that, that diagonal run yeah, so many yeah. times behind, he, he, he times his runs so well and get. Over, you know, ball over the top and maybe get through on goal in that sense. That's a possibility. Mm. I think he's, I think he's quietened a bit mm. to be honest. But mm. the, the 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 good thing about that is his output hasn't necessarily diminished. And his work, and his work, right? He's still working hard. He's still scoring goals. He's still <clears> setting up goals. He's still looking at danger. He's not been at the level that he's perhaps been maybe let's say between November December. Um, let's not forget that he. He had a little bit of an injury, didn't yeah. he, at the yeah. start of yeah. January? And he's maybe. a pace player, so maybe the yeah. injuries like that affect like racing. Yeah. He's, also been, he's yeah. also been playing more than any other player. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he's played a hell of a lot of and football. A high intensity. Yeah, you know, when Firmino was getting rested, it's just Cino Mane, Charles, the one who's been the constant. Been con- it's just such a shame at the moment that Mane is so out of form. I mean, he's really out of form. His, his touch, he always seems it seems to be too hard. He's uh, he's either trying too hard, or he's 
Every player gets into them little yeah. zones, don't they, where they're just trying so hard to turn it around that it's just not working for them. Do you know what I like about Mane, though? We say that, but he still pops up, doesn't he? And he still mm. gets goals, and he still Get his has, there, yeah, he still has important contributions. He'll play himself back to yeah, form, yeah. you know, you know that's going to happen. Yeah, so you you don't get the feeling like, yeah, you don't get the feeling like this slump will continue. You you do feel like he'll come through it. So um, so yeah, I don't I don't worry about Mane too much because I almost think that if you take your eye off him, and other teams sort of think, well, he's not he's not in great form, and yeah, they do concentrate on Salah, he'll pop up for you. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I thought it was important on on. Tuesday night was Salah taking that penalty. Like you say, his, his output hasn't hasn't diminished really. Because what, what, uh, you probably know more about that than, than me in his terms of he, he sort of pleaded with with Milner, didn't he, to take it? And as soon as he put it in, he turned to Milner and he went, which is lovely to see because yeah. you feel like there's a. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, I don't like seeing players going, give us it, it's my man. But when he put it in, he spun round and went straight to Milner and went, mm. thanks for that, mate. Yeah. I appreciate. It. Was that what was there, was there a particular reason for that? Do you think is that? To track the higher fee from Real Madrid. Was it a goal bonus thing? I don't yeah. know. But maybe he's gone, let me put this in. I'm getting another 60k. You can have 20. Yeah. No, um, I reckon it's... A, it's a, I, think it, I think it's twofold. I think, well, Klopp said before after the game, maybe I wasn't too clear. I don't know if that was tongue-in-cheek as in to say, look, I've, I've, you know, maybe I wasn't too clear. I said it was James Milner. I wrote it on the board and you know, he still didn't yeah. listen to me. I think the other thing as well, he missed the penalty against Huddersfield mm-hmm. and, and Lossell um, in the home game. And I just think he's that sort of player. He wants to sort of, not that he wasn't a demon, he won the game 3 0, but I think he, he felt like he had the personal scores to settle with, yeah. with yeah. Lossell and thought, no, no, I back myself for this one. It's, it's, it's in a fairly, you know, Liverpool were pretty comfortable, you know, it got a little bit, not touchy at 2 0, but it was, it, you know, Always a chance of 2 0, isn't it? When you're Liverpool to, to let in two goals. When you're Liverpool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think it was in a pretty unimportant part of the game, and he's just thought, I'm going to just try this out because yeah. he, I wasn't happy with my last pen against Huddersfield. I'll try this one out. I mean, it's one of, it's, it's one of those for me in terms of um, penalty takers. Again, it's a bit like the captaincy. I think it's got to go to a player who's on the pitch. More often well, than not, yeah. he's confident at the he's time. He's playing, he's playing well. He's because that's exactly. it's all about. It's all about confidence penalties. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's harsh on someone like Milner because he's it's a brilliant penalty taker. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably one of yeah. the best that Liverpool have had in the past twenty years for me. Yeah. But if he's if he's not on the pitch, then then it becomes the whole well, what now? Yeah. And, and there's a bit of doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, and and stuff like that happens last not last, um, not last night on the uh, on Tuesday night. So I think Salah he takes penalties for Egypt. He um, he missed one against Huddersfield, but look, it was his first one. If that was penalty number eighteen for Liverpool, and he scored sixteen off them, yeah. don't think anyone would have no. would have bothered. You know, debating whether he should be on penalties. I think for me, he's Liverpool's goal getter, and to be honest, going forward, he's, he's got to be better for me. You know, he was on it in the bar. Give give Salah the pens. Do you know? What, do you know? What I think it says as well about him. I think it says he doesn't. He doesn't want to be a sideshow. He still wants to be the main man, and in a three-nil win, he wants to make sure his name's mm. on the on the score sheet. And it shows responsibility, doesn't it? It shows that he wants to be a he wants to be one of the, the main stars at Liverpool, and and all power to him. And I want him to be like that. I want him to be selfless. I want him to be sorry selfish. I want him to be to be a player that that wants to be central to everything. And I and I think him taking the ball was almost like saying. I don't care what you know, I might have missed against Huddersfield in the past, but I'll score this. Uh, but equally, turning around and running yeah, over is even yeah. just as nice a thing. Well, I was yeah. just going to say that that's so sort of so Salah sounds like a Disney yeah. sitcom, doesn't it? That's so Salah. Um, <laughs> but it's so Salah, yeah. so good. What a song! What a song! It's 
he's such a that you everyone nobody has a bad word about Mohamed Salah. No, like no. The, the things you read about him, the things you hear about him, he does so much charity work back yeah. home. But well, I lovely that lovely gesture did that we mentioned on a, on a, on a previous. Uh, podcast when he scored that goal got Egypt and uh, some rich Egyptian <coughs> businessman said uh, bought him a villa hundred and fifty thousand pound villa something and he said oh, no thank you but would you give that money to my village yeah, yeah, from exactly. little touches like that did the story today it's amazed that uh, there was a little lad from Egypt who was um, spotted you know got sent to Salah a picture of this lad with a you know like one of those old school Arons you know mm. jumper Arons. Uh, with Salah written on pen with a 10 on the back of a shirt God bless him you know obviously from a really poor area of, of, of uh, can't remember the city he was from it wasn't Cairo um, Salah saw Salah this bought him a brand new Aaron <laughs> <laughs> and a brand new Sharpie <laughs> <laughs> nice Aaron <laughs> lovely touch <laughs> so we sent him a top his, yeah, wait, wait, yeah yeah he didn't go to Staples and watched <laughs> off the, uh, the Sharpie no, he got him a Liverpool top with nice. his name on the back just like, little things like that you know and, and you know what other players do that and it doesn't necessarily get Promotion, no, I think, with Salabi, and you know, he's ultimately the, the, the Arabic world's king at the minute. He is the king of Egypt, you know, he's, he's African player, he's, 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 he's flying, year. and he lets you stop. We can nail him down to a long term contract or a longer yeah. contract. I think that was, I think I read somewhere in the echo. I think last that's week. now, I think that's yeah. going to be the It has step. to be because yeah. let's face it, you know, the stick you'd get if you let that kid go because it would then be what people are living at Liverpool at the moment anyway, which is that we, we, we're the seven club when it comes to the bigger teams. We need, I mean, I think the most important thing for players to stay is winning stuff, innit? We need to yeah. start winning stuff. That, that's why the FA Cup was so important and, and I, I've been frustrated this year. I was frustrated with the League Cup campaign and the, the changes and then the FA Cup to go out at home to West Brom was so frustrating because Klopp needs a trophy. He needs a trophy. You can't, you can't continue to be seen as an early man. Yeah. You know, even, I mean... I think think Arsenal are going backwards personally, but to keep winning FA Cups is still good because they can still boast that you can come here and, and win uh, trophies. And also, from just from a fan point of view, what a day out that yeah, is! Yeah. You know, regardless of the results, I mean, the results are amazing if you win. I can remember after Cardiff, the last, you know, just sitting at a bar in Cardiff, just going, "What was that?" I was yeah. physically, mentally exhausted by that football match. Yeah. That's what we should. That as fans, yeah. that's how we should that's what feel about, it. about isn't it. It's about being taking those big to experience, isn't it? Yeah. Just on that, then, because we're just going to get to the to the. Uh, to the transfer window or uh, and transfer uh, action or lack of, um, <laughs> it is bec- it is now a thing, isn't it? Liverpool's Liverpool's defensive problems is a thing, isn't it? It's a it's a problem. We've we've all flippantly said it during this recently, you know, at this podcast today about you know we've got to score two or three or Delpa. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you saw Moreno come back, and you're saying about Trent, uh, uh, and and both contributed to goals. But it was farcical. One, the West Brom thing became farcical. The massive training over with a size 15s and kicking the ball to his own net. Mm. <clears throat> How do we get out of us this being a thing? Are we going to be? Because surely now every Liverpool player on that pitch goes on that pitch, and there's a tiny percentage of them that knows that that's a possibility that we're going to shift goals. How do we stop that? Considering now we've just come to a transfer window where we haven't done anything at all midfield-wise to try and to try and cover for the for the loss of Coutinho. How do you get those four? Or you know the, the rotation of those defenders to stop doing what they're doing. Is it because I remember Carragher saying Van Dijk's not the answer because that's not the problem. Is the problem the fact that we play at such a such a high pressing game that we leave that wide open and that's always going to happen? Is Klopp two and a half years into the game with still no better record as a defend as a defensive coach? Is he the problem? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean it sounds a bit 
sounds a bit negative, doesn't it? But I think I think the way Liverpool play, they'll always be open to conceding goals. I don't think this is this is a side that's going to break records for having clean sheets. But I think you can you can go some way to to at least improving on the way they defend by a getting defenders who can stay fit. It's already irritating that we've we've seen this. We've seen Van Dijk come in for seventy five million, and he's already having games games out with with little niggles. And it's always been, despite all the mistakes and all all, all the criticism of, of, of Liverpool's of, of Lovren, of Matip, of, of Clavan. What's frustrated me most about them is none of them can stay fit for a period of ten games. And that's what you know. You think back to to the great centre halves Liverpool have had in the last twenty years, i.e. Carragher and Hippier. They didn't get injured. Carragher was never never injured. Hippier hardly ever injured, and that's why they fought. Is that such because a good they passion. played in a team that didn't put them under as much pressure as per- our defenders? Perhaps so. Perhaps they didn't have to be as, <clears throat> as athletic in terms of turning turning and running, or, or maybe carrying the ball out. But I certainly think you've got to have a settled back four. You've got to have players that understand each other. Defending is all about partnerships. One stays, one goes, one leads, one follows, and, and Liverpool just don't have that at the moment. And until they get settled, and that includes fullbacks and a goalkeeper, until they get settled, I think they will always have issues. Christine, then just because just I've just obviously I've put that question to Joe, and, and he, laughing as he said it, yeah, that's clock. Does that not, surely does that not mean that we're never going to win anything? We, are we ever going to win anything? Are we ever going to win anything when there is always a chance that we are going to? Absolutely go to pieces at the back. Well, you can look at it one or two ways. It means that they'll never win anything or they win the Champions League because they are capable yeah. of, of, on the other side of things, winning 4 0 in the first leg against Paris Saint Germain. You know, at the same time, they're capable of losing 5 1 to Porto, uh, yeah. you know, away from home. I think that's a bit extreme, but you get to get the point I mean. So it's it's about finding the balance. It's interesting what happened towards the end of last season. You can do it because you look at that run towards the end of last season when he went. Pretty much back to basics with Mignolet, mm. you know, pretty much sticking on his line. You had uh, Lucas came in as a, as a holding midfielder, and the champ pretty much sat there. So they were the two sort of holding midfielders. Pretty much went to an old Benitez style four-two-three-one. But what that did was was nullified and deadened Liverpool's attacking verve. So they went from scoring two and a half goals a game on average to, to you know one. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically, if they scored one, then that was it. You know, shut up shop, and you got results like the. I think they, they won two one at Stoke. They won one yeah. nil against um, against West Brom. One nil against Watford mm-hmm. with an absolute worldie mm-hmm. from Chan. You know, until the last couple of games of the season when he changed the formation. I think they won four nil, three nil the final couple of. But they, they went back to basics. That was a decision that was made a little bit easier, maybe by the fact that Manny was out. So I think he thought, well, look, we're not going to outscore teams anymore. Yeah. We're just going to have to do. We're just going to have to grind this. It's a little bit more difficult now when they've got so much attacking talent at the disposal I think it's one of those weird ones isn't it, it it's ultimately he has sought to change things still early days for Van Dijk and he's also brought in Karius now still very much up in the air about Karius I think I'll be leaning towards you know is Karius a success or not at the moment definitely not he's still got time to prove me wrong but what he brings is sort of almost like a partnership with Van Dijk mm-hmm. let's see what <coughs> happens with Van Dijk and Karius in together what I would say about the, the West Brom game is that that Van Dyke performance came with Mignolet behind him, and although Mignolet wasn't directly attributable to the the goals, um, the ones that stood anyway, he he just didn't instill any sort of confidence in no. that back line. He was he was rooted to his line. It's just I think you saw it in the was it the derby against uh, against Everton in the FA Cup. Van Dyke was communicating with with Carrius all the way throughout. You just wonder if that is going to be. 
going forward, you know, a possibility. I know they were in goal together for uh, for the Swansea game. They were playing together for the Swansea game, but you know, things like that can happen. I think mm-hmm. if anything, Van Dijk was a little bit too. You know, a little bit too, maybe too proactive, you know, he's yeah, supposed to be didn't yeah. back his teammates yeah, yeah, and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. That can happen as well when you first join a club. Yeah. I think it's gonna rely on two things, like Liverpool winning things and I think number one, I think Case is gonna be a big thing. Yeah. Although, I'm mention him, yeah. Although he's although he's renowned for his attacking abilities, anyone you speak to in the Bundesliga says his ability to, he's both. to he's attract both. against the box. Yeah, he's yeah. a box to box. Yeah. What that also means I don't is think he's gonna be a player coming to a club with more Expectancy. Well, well, this is the, well, this is the thing. Since Van Dijk, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 but it, it is, isn't it? It's just like, you know, he's, he's two players in one. So he, I think, he will help though, from what I've seen, because he does like his tracking backs incredible. Yeah. He really does hold. And I think what you also see is maybe a different type of midfielder to, to, to or a different type of role for Henderson. This is just my own personal opinion. I think we might see Henderson move forward a little bit more next season, and I think he might go for a more. Solid track and hold a midfielder mm-hmm. as a six. Someone who's still got on the ball. I'm not talking, you know, like a like an ego miss, and you know what I mean, or a, you know, like a, like a wardrobe who's going to just like go from side to side. <laughs> what I'm, I, I think because he's brought in Van Dijk and the way Matthew's been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if he lines up with your two ball playing centre backs who step out, mm-hmm. a midfield, you know, destroyer, a DM as people call them mm-hmm. all the time, and then you've got Cater as well. And there you've got a block of four. So you're talking about a new, another new big midfield, midfield sign. Yeah. Another midfield sign. I think they need one anyway. Um, it, as a, as a what a big blocker. Yeah, almost. And and you know it's one of those. I've always resented the show because I think people always go, oh, just get a DM as if you know the number one they grow on trees and is as if like you know yeah, you, exactly. you look at a team like uh, you know Newcastle they've got they've got a DM they've got Isaac Hayden that doesn't mm-hmm. do them much mm-hmm. good does it? Mm-hmm. I think people want to hark back to the Rafi years when if they're expecting a, a Mascherano, for example, in yeah, that in yeah. that midfield. But at the same time, I just wonder if the ball playing responsibilities won't actually come from the number six next season because Henderson and when Chan was in it as well, the, there was a lot of a lot of onus on them to both break up the play mm-hmm. and and start plays. I wonder if the, the onus on starting plays will be more on Van Dijk's shoulders because of his distribution and and Matip if Matip plays or if they get enough centre back in Gomez maybe whoever. And that means that the number six can concentrate more on the defending side of the game. That might be Henderson. Yeah. It just might be that he has to sort of redefine his role even more. You know, we've seen him sort of move from uh, a more attacking midfielder to a more defensive one. I wonder if it'll be another sort of move, you know, into into a more defensive minded midfielder rather than looking to defend and then attack because he'll have Kaiser next to him yeah. who can do both, and he'll have two defenders ahead of him who can also start plays. It's going to be interesting. In, in case we trust, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of weight really being is, on his yeah. shoulders. Let's just talk briefly about the, the transfer market. Uh, Joe, should we have bought? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I found this whole found this whole month frustrating in the sense that yeah, the can of worms is being opened now. But the reaction we, we, we did like we, uh, Andy Kelly put a tweet out yesterday. He said, tell, "Tell us your reactions to the transfer window. How's it been for Liverpool?" And pretty much. 90% of people said it's been absolutely dreadful, it's been woeful, it's been embarrassing. And the, the doom and the gloom, it's just bizarre. Do you think, all right, yeah, they, they sold Coutinho. It was a blow to sell Coutinho. But they also broke the world record to sign a defender. They've spent more money on one single player than any, any team did in the Premier League. They addressed what everyone believed is their biggest weakness mm. in signing that player. They signed the player that everyone wants to see them sign all summer last summer. I remember when they signed Salah last summer. 
and people are saying, why are they signing another attacking oh, yeah. player? Oh, and also, he got rid of us for Chelsea. Let's yeah, not sign yeah, him. I mean, so, there's always a, the knee-jerk reaction. Do you not think, though, that because there is a there is a, 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 an opinion that the Van Dijk purchase was sanctioned because they knew that Coutinho was going to go. So, and therefore, if that if you follow that th- line of theory, why didn't they? Why weren't they looking for a, for a, for? A, why haven't they looked for a replacement for? Because we do need. They, there's they no do doubt need about it. We need a creator. I understand also why Klopp says I don't want to, I don't want to blow a load of money on someone just to just because people are panicking. He has faith in Alana. I have faith in Alana. I think Alana's a really skillful player. Um, people talk about Mares, but then 65 million wasn't enough to get Mares. So you just wanted 90. Apparently, yeah, I mean this is the problem, isn't it? <clears throat> so you you do think maybe is Klopp right to say hang on a minute. I'm not going to spend a, a big wad of dough just to keep you people happy because you think that that's what you should be doing. Yeah. When I've got, when he he has uh, entire faith in the in the squad he's got. He's definitely right in that sense because you look back to. Mahrez was forty mil last year, wasn't he? he was go, he, there was rumours for Mahrez. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, the, the prices have gone astronomical, and you look at let's let's go back to the summer and Liverpool didn't get Virgil Van Dijk, and everybody was screaming. Just sign a centre back, and I was amongst them. Just sign a centre back. There are, there are centre backs out there. Just get in. We did just, ourselves yeah, in yeah, just, yeah. just get, just get, just get Johnny Evans. Just yeah. get, you know, Jose Jimenez, Kalidou Koulibaly. You know, anyone. Just get, you know, bring Jamie Carragher out of the time. Just get a centre back. <laughs> if Liverpool had done that, they wouldn't have signed Virgil Van Dijk yeah. this this month because they would have spent 30, 40, whatever, fifty million on a centre back. And you know, you know, the, the pot of money is not infinite. You know, it is not that there is there is a, there is still a budget there to work with. Yeah. It's not, I, that's why I admire Man. I actually admire Man City. I admire Man City for going because everyone knows they've got bottomless pockets. But I admire them for going. That's too much. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. We're not giving well, Sanchez five hundred grand a week. They've got, they've got FFP to figure out as well. I mean, <laughs> and, and they nailed yeah, the FFP yeah. because you know that they own yeah. the toilets at the SEA yeah, and they get yeah, about yeah. a million pound yeah. sponsorship for them. So I can understand why he does that because I think personally. Because it happened last summer, uh, last last January as well. Sign a winger, Manny's going to Africa. Sign a winger, sign a winger. He didn't sign a winger. Draxler went to PSG. Sadar Azmoun, uh, he just didn't. You know, they were asking for too much. Sign a winger, sign a winger. He didn't. And all right, it was a gamble which just about yeah, paid yeah. off. Just about because Manny came back and then got injured, and you know they muddled through with, with as mm-hmm. we said with the, the, with the style of play. But if he signs a winger for 20, 25 million. Thirty million. But he gets, let's say he gets Draxler. Let's say he goes right. I need, I need a winger here. It's fifty million for Draxler. Salah's not coming the summer after, so he knows what type of player he wants. He knows exactly the sort of player he needs. He's not going to potentially compromise that by six months earlier, blowing sixty percent, seventy percent of your transfer budget on a player that comes six months time. You look at it and you go, actually, you know what? I don't know where Does he fits in. Take, take some I, I agree with that. But the only downside to that is that that is that is a manager showing a really long term view yeah, of his yeah. position as a manager. He backs himself. Whereas he backs himself. Whereas we all know the football can change in a yeah, week. Now he could be doing a long term plan, and the rug could be pulled under his feet after five to. Defeats in the trot or whatever. Not that that's happened. No, but no, but it is. It is. It's an interesting game he plays. He said something really weird, Joe, the other day. Um, when they were talking about Bamiang and, and you know a striker, because there was a thing of why don't we get a striker? And he said, I don't sign the same player twice. Yeah. Mm. It's an extraordinary comment to me. I, I know what they can do. I know what they can't do. And I've been there, and I like new challenges. And you think, well. I don't think I've ever heard the manager say that. I mean, also, I he wonder... tried to sign Gator yeah. when he was at Liverpool, you know, yeah. so I think he was being a little bit coy, but I think in general that is the vibe, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. I think he sees these players 
is it self-indulgent? You know, is it a little bit self-indulgent Perhaps. if he's saying, well, I don't want to, you know, let's let's say Matt Hummels comes available to bit part in the Virgil van Dijk and he him. goes, oh, I, can't, I can't tell you, this I can't mould him. This is you the know. point, you know. This Klopp, is the... Klopp says a lot of things that I think, I, I think it's almost an answer to a question. Why, why didn't he sign a Young? There's two reasons why he didn't sign a Young. The first reason is because Firmino is very good and yeah. they don't need... They, they they don't need to buy a forward because they, they wouldn't get in the side in Firmino's position. And the second reason is because I think he was a pain in the backside when he was at Dortmund, and Klopp knows that more than anyone. So I think he doesn't work with people that he thinks can maybe be that in any was way maybe that was he's not that was what he say said. That, is he? Perhaps no. So perhaps it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors and him saying mm. I don't like. Yeah. because he's basically saying I don't. But he like said about Mkhitaryan as well. You yeah, know, but true. I don't think him and Mkhitaryan actually got on. You know, I think Mkhitaryan sort of. Him and him and Klopp had a little bit yeah. of a little bit of a needle when when they were at Dortmund together. Mm. I mean, look, we don't want to go over all ground here, but ultimately, for me, they shouldn't have sold Coutinho because it left them in the position where they either ace it tight or be panicked by both of which Klopp was never done. Yeah. So this is so he's sorry he's never panicked both. So now he's sitting tight and it's just going to be a really really turbulent traumatic potentially five months because yeah, with yeah. every defeat you'll get the reaction like you had yeah. after Swansea of, oh my god yeah. why didn't he sign and you can throw, and you'll be able to throw a blanket over second to sixth because you can yeah. at the moment yeah. Yeah. yeah, a massive a massive game coming up and it might be yeah. the case that they didn't replace him it might still be the, it might be the defensive frailties you know that, that, that cost Liverpool top four if they don't manage to get it it won't mm. be the fact that they didn't replace Philip Coutinho but Ultimately. But I think, but I think if you're looking at games like Swansea that we couldn't break down, and how many times that someone of Coutinho's ability could bend in a free kick and get you three points, there are there are arguments to say that not filling his position could cost us as well. Um, but equally, the Maris situation, I think Maris was was is a great player, and I think he can switch from the wing to the to the to the middle. But ninety million, I'm, I'm glad we're not going out and doing stupid I, things I, like that. What you've got to remember as well here is that Klopp. You know, he made the he alluded to it when he said, "I've got players on my iPad all the time." You know, I've got a lot more on my iPad of the yeah. football players. Clear but, history, incognito <laughs> um, yeah. mode. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, he has got a lot of players on his iPad. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that he hasn't had discussions with other clubs about players already yeah. for the summer. Yeah. He knows. He like he's talking to Monaco about Lamar, for example, and they 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 came up in January and went ninety million. He's thinking. I can get Christian Pulisic for 65 in the summer. Why would I spend 90 yeah. million on him when that's just the name, for example? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I'm convinced. I think he sees Pulisic as the one. It's got yeah. a little bit quiet on the Pulisic front, but he was best before him. And I just think it's a case of, you know, he's, he's, he's got a fancy getting Pulisic or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. Pulisic, Pulisic yeah, looks like the answer. He looks like a decent player. All right, massive game. Let's just do the massive game before we, uh, before we finish. Uh, a couple of results to talk about that were really, really tasty for us. I mean, we did Huddersfield's grilling, and then you look and you think, well, that's great. But yeah, you know, Chelsea got Bournemouth at home. <laughs> Bournemouth destroyed them three zip. Uh, incredible. And uh, and then you've got um, Man United Spurs. Like I said before, Man United looked solid first ten seconds, um, and it was anyone's game. <laughs> um, but uh, but but a defeat by Man United it leaves things very very tasty. All we've got to do. Is uh, is beat uh, Spurs? I mean, last year, last last season at, at Anfield, they, they put up. I think it was a two 0 two nil. Mane absolutely destroyed yeah. Ben Davis. Destroyed them. Uh, let's hope for Mane. Mane in in uh, gets his form back or gets a little bit more of his form back. But uh, can you see us doing uh, Tottenham Sunday? Yeah, definitely think they can. I mean, what what I want to do is look up. Man, Man United are three <clears> points away now. 
So don't look down and I had some. Oh, I would brother prefer United to win then and put Spurs out the equation. No, 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 no. You're mad. No, yeah. Second place no, is up never. for grabs, yeah. and you, you want to go and you want to go and take it, don't you? So I think Spurs. You're playing them at home. They're there for the beating. They owe them one. They they're a side who will come. They won't come to Anfield and sit back. They'll come to Anfield backing themselves to score goals because they've got the players that can score goals. And Liverpool can play football. They can outgun anyone, so they can certainly outgun Spurs. I think it'll be a good game. I think there'll be goals in it. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool will win that game. I don't, don't see any reason why not. Christine? I wanted United to win, but I didn't want oh, them to win. No, no, I didn't want them to win. I, I, a draw would have been a good result. A draw would have been a good result. Yeah. A draw would have been a good result. So I think you can... I know you said about a blanket with second and sixth at the minute, but I think eventually you can cross Arsenal out of that because I yeah. think they'll do what United did last season and target the Europa League as their mm. way into the Champions League. I think eventually they'll start to fall away. Um, it, and then it's... You know, there's one way of looking at this. There's two ways of looking at this even, sorry. Um, you can either get so you look at Chelsea and their results sort of skewed things a little bit last night but let's say Chelsea had won as expected and United you then it's basically a shootout between Liverpool and Tottenham and Arsenal for now for one place mm. you know fourth <clears throat> or do you drag United and Chelsea back into it and then you've got five teams going for three places you know so basically Liverpool aren't going after one place they're going after three mm. you know if that makes sense yeah. so it's either three into one or three into five so it's Oh, that's not good maths, is it? It's one into three or three into five. Odds-wise, it's better for Liverpool yeah, to, yeah. to be trying to get be one of the three to get into the, one, of, one of the five to try and get into the three places because the second is third and fourth are open, then anything can happen. You know, they could finish second, they could finish fourth, they could finish sixth. You know, it could happen, but they've got more opportunity to qualify for the Champions League if they've got more spots available to go for rather than saying, well, first, second and third are showing up and it's three clubs scrambling for fourth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, you've got to, your, go, of course, yeah, you've got you to know, keep it up. The, you've got to keep optimistic with it, Christian. You've got me like Matt Damon and Good Will Hunting here trying to work out all these different. Positions. And how are you going to get that felted pen off the wall? <laughs> right? Working that out. <laughs> it is. It is a massive game, though. This. I mean, and then it makes the games like the the, the, the Swansea defeat that much more harder yeah. to take, doesn't it? Because you know they're three points all day. Them, and when you get performances like that, it must really frustrate Klopp as well. Let's be honest with you. But it's massive. Sunday is a massive game. If we can do that, we get a result on that. Um, I mean, we really are biting on the heels, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I don't, who, who United United don't next up for this field, all right? But, uh, I said um, that about Bournemouth. Yeah. But no, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But but then uh, saying that, you know, one one defeat, you know, Liverpool got to go to Old Trafford as well. Huddersfield beat United though for last yeah, time, hasn't it? Yeah. So it's it's all to play for. We've got to go to Stamford Bridge. We've got to go to Old Trafford. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah you there's know, big so. games coming up in, in general though. In terms of there's there's not not three games, but in terms of. You know, I think United. Well, United play Chelsea very soon. Mm. I mean, Conte Mourinho on the sideline. Yeah. Those two got to cancel each other out in some way. I think Chelsea got to play Tottenham at some point. Those two got to cancel each other out. So, you know, uh, obviously, all of the teams have still got to play City. Liverpool have played them twice. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's, it's, it's it's it works one way. The permutations yeah. work both ways. I can't imagine. I saw a little bit of a clip before we go of uh, of uh, Pogba. I don't know whether you've seen it on social media. Pogba's arguing with uh, Mourinho. Um, he's put his hand over his face, but he's talking to him basically about saying, "How do you want to? Do you, that's not how, that's not how you're supposed to be playing it." And I've made him the touchline, and I just love that. That's I just love the, the idea. That's a big tinderbox just waiting to open. I mean, if you're Lukaku and you've been brought in there, like that, and then you're sitting opposite Sanchez, who's on five hundred grand a week or whatever it is, four fifty. There can't be a lot of discord in that dressing room when it comes to wage structures and that, can there? So long may that continue, uh, boys. Okay, let's just give us your uh, social media thing again. It's yeah, at Joe Rimmer eighty eight. At Joe Rimmer eighty eight. Christian underscore Walsh. Christian with a K. 
Christian with a K. That's my mum's difference. Underscore. Well, I like it. It's a bit of class. Christian underscore with a K underscore Walsh. And it's uh, Fitzy at Fitzy Feller as well. Any opinions, share them with us. You've been listening to Poetry in Motion. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, on behalf of me, Joe and Christian, uh, have a great weekend. And let's hope we can do one against Spurs. See you soon, guys.